Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Good morning, Birds fans. How are you? Appreciate you getting in with us, getting up with us here on Birds 365. If you're watching somewhere in the Delaware Valley, and we get it. You can stream in from absolutely anywhere. And uh, we got guys on the stream who mentioned that they're out of town and uh, used to be uh, Delaware Valley residents, no moss. It was not a nice night here in Philadelphia. Some serious weather blew through here. I use that word specifically because the winds were just where where, where I'm at in South Jersey. Man, <clears throat> I thought there were some trees coming down in my backyard. Uh, not the case. Our power is on. We're here with you guys on Birds 365 as we get that much closer to the real season. It sounds a little condescending when you say that when teams are eliminated, but that's what is the expectations here in Philadelphia. The Eagles were going to be a postseason team. That was a given. And I guess you can say because they finished with 11 wins, it was kind of a given. But the way they finished this season, it's just tough to wrap your head around the fact that, yeah, now the real season begins for the Philadelphia Eagles. Johnny Mac, uh, they don't play till Monday night. Someone said to me last night, oh, they saved the best for last. Eagles. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that might be a bit of a stretch. I told you yesterday I saw one site that power ranked the 14 teams in the playoffs and had the Eagles 14th and the Bucks 13th. So saving the best for last does not describe Monday night's game. But we're still a bit away because it is the last game. You got six playoff games this weekend, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then the Eagles on Monday night. Is there any way that you can factor the extra day of rest, waiting, call it what you want, as a positive for the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I think so, because one of the uh, of all the disasters, there were quite a few at uh, MetLife Stadium over the weekend, but a bunch of guys got banged up. So I think uh, an extra day can only help when it comes to um, – not only the guys that we knew were going to sit out, but, uh, um, um, you know, Cam Jurgens got banged up, uh, Reed Blankenship got banged up. So there were a couple guys who got banged up in the game. Now, I think they would have continued to play if, if the Eagles were in the game, uh, still had a chance, needed the game for the number two seed. I think they would have powered through. I think they were being cautious, but anytime you're, Banged up a little bit, extra day, never never hurts, can't hurt from that perspective. So, yeah, I think that part's uh, a positive. Take your positives where you can get them. Um, and uh, A.J. Brown is another one of those guys who got hurt AJ, within the game. Yeah. And he did walk under his own power, and then he was greeting his teammates back in the tunnel when the game ended. Not a lot of happy faces there, but he was greeting them just the same. So, uh, you're right. They're... they're there are some injuries that we won't know about till we get later in the week and the other guys that we can assume if you're saying they could have powered through the game and, and continue to play you have to be uh, pretty confident they'll be uh, they'll certainly be in the lineup come Monday night and close enough to 100% that you'll expect top flight performances from them. Um, what do the Eagles have scheduled for today? Is today going to be a, a, a practice where you are going to get an injury report thereafter? Now, today is coordinator day, so everything's kicked back a day. Today's a typical Tuesday on a, on a Sunday week, so the coordinators will talk, who are all very, very popular uh, at this stage of the game in Philadelphia. Um, well, Michael Clay's fine. Isn't that ironic? Michael Clay's the only one who's who's kind of skating through. Um, the other two guys are, are public enemy number one and number two. Well, unless you want to throw Nick yeah, Sirianni yeah. in there. One, two, three, and yeah. some people may juggle the yeah. order on those three. Uh, so it's coordinator day. You're going to hear a lot of, I got to do a better job. I got to put guys in better positions uh, with certainly Matt Patricia and, and to a certain degree, Brian Johnson. So. It is what it is at this point. I mean, they're struggling, um, and they got to fix it. And they got they got no more time, no more mulligans. Um, and they got to fix it as much as uh, humanly possible to fix it. Um, they're not going to make huge sweeping changes, obviously. Boy, man, it's, it's, it, I lost power for about five hours yesterday, Jody. And all I had, and my wife uh, told me to charge everything and i was writing something that i needed to finish last night i lose power everything goes it's amazing but anyway I, I i digress and i didn't listen to her i didn't charge my stuff so i'm stuck there and you know don't I, you I have one phone. of those amazing the internet connection stays on gizmos that i, I, I 
not. Um, so I, I do have, you know, one of those charging bricks that charges everything when there's no power, but I didn't charge that. So, <laughs> so I didn't listen to her and I felt the pain. All I had was my phone at about 50% charge. So of course I go on X and Twitter and I get involved. Boy, man, I, I, that was a mistake. That was a mistake, Jody. Um, it, it, it's amazing the angst uh, this team has created. Um, they can't run a hot route. They can't do this. They can't do that. I'm like, come on, people. They won 25 of 27 games. You think they don't know what a hot route is? And, and then I get the back. and boy, This is my own fault, Jody, uh, which I firmly admit I raised my hand. And I don't know why I, I do it, but I'm like, I, I mean, what's 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 more? The, the quarterback is struggling right now when it comes to the blitz. You would have thought I kicked dogs and babies, Jody. I I by for, for pointing that out. Yes, really. Oh, oh, I mean, people were jumping on swords. How dare you? Question the quarterback of this football team. It's all the head coach's fault. It's all Brian Johnson's fault. I mean, you people got to have a come to you know what moment. I I mean, he's struggling. That doesn't mean he can't improve. He can't get better. That doesn't mean he's done hasn't done well against the blitz in the past. Right now, he's struggling. And I got a guy who said, well, the coach said verbatim, he's got to do a better job. And then I just raised my hands up. I mean, you've been in this town since Andy Reid, these Eagles fans. They're trying to protect the players when they say that. They're doing, the quarterback is struggling right now. It's not a sin to say that. It's ridiculous to think he's perfect and there's no constructive criticism. And believe me, the coaching staff is trying desperately, desperately to fix it. He's struggling right now. And I again, the defense is by far the bigger problem. But, man, you would have thought I committed a, a, a federal crime, Jody. The way these people protect this guy, it is astonishing. In fear of being attacked by some of our streamers, if they're the same ones who are battling it out oh, with you I'm on sure last night. Um, I'll, I'll say this, and this is not news because I've been saying it here on Birds 365 and on WIP for a couple of weeks. And it's calling both the Eagles coaching staff and quarterback into question. Uh, the the still in his job, although some people are surprised by it, offensive coordinator, disappointed by it, uh, offensive <laughs> coordinator, two weeks running in being questioned by you guys, the media members down there on coordinator day, said that, you guys realize that on almost every play we call coming out of the huddle, there are options that it could be a run or it could be a pass. So for those who want to chant, run the ball, run the ball at the game. Oh, we put running plays in there. And if they don't get that, they don't turn out to be runs. It wasn't that we didn't consider running the football. We just didn't as a team choose to do it on that given play. And he gave the same exact explanation twice in two weeks he was asked about it that was the explanation again he was asked a similar question he went back to that again which to me i read between the lines that well that's on jalen that we have rpos that 
baked right in there into the play is run or pass option. So if it goes too much on the run side, don't look at me, the play caller. If it goes too much on the pass side, don't look at me, the play caller. The quarterback's making that decision. And that, again, reading between the lines, and they know we don't know, there are checks on every single play. That if Jalen Hurts sees something specific, he can change the play before they ever snap the football. And it sounds to me like they're putting a lot of it on Jalen's plate that, hey, we send in the play, but then the quarterback gets the last say. And if it doesn't work, it's kind of on him. And I think Jalen has made some questionable decisions given his freedom with the offense over the last couple of weeks. Now, doesn't give the uh, coaching staff a pass, doesn't give the play caller a pass, but it's a combined effort. It's a team effort. They're failing when they're Boy, failing on yeah, offense yeah. as well, a group. It's, de- it's definitely a team effort, uh, and definitely the coaches um, deserve some blame. But, boy, you know what Brian's problem was? He tried to educate people. Never try to educate people. Go the Matt Patricia route. Go to I got to do a better job. Go to Andrew Reed route. I got to do a better job. Don't try to educate. It's a waste of time. They've been running this. John, I'll say the same thing that you and I have both been saying to people. Shane Steichen did. Shane Steichen would try and educate you last year. He would would explain stuff. Shane Steichen was so bland on the podium. In fact, that's just because he didn't curse. But Shane would say stuff that you you could learn something from. I mean, every Shane Steichen press conference is archived. I, I can... Shane is great behind the scenes. He's awful in front of the podium. In fact, you know, one of the reasons when Shane, Shane's first year here, he did not do any off the records with us. And we didn't even want to go to this guy's freaking press conferences because we got nothing. We had to do it because it's our jobs. And then he, he started doing off the records. And you know why he started doing off the records, Jody? Because he wanted to become a head coach in this league. Everybody's got an ambition. He wanted to be a head coach. And sure enough, it worked because he showed his personality. Still on the, on the podium, he'd give you nothing. Then he'd come off the podium. He'd answer any question. Now, a lot of times he couldn't use it, but he gave you all the information. So he became beloved with the reporters because he was great and he was entertaining and he educated us and he told us things that we could use as background and all that good stuff. Um, on the podium, no, he's and you watch him today. He's the same guy. He he he's the strict and most coaches are like this now. And this is why some coaches scale back into that shell because when they do try to educate, like Brian did. You just get shat upon, you get you get bitter about it, and, and you just go back in the shell. Since Chip Kelly got here, so basically we're talking 2013, and he brought the college-style offense to Philadelphia. Um, it's been that way. It's a math equation. We were talking about it last week with somebody, or maybe this week. It's a math equation. You go up to the line of scrimmage, you say, all right, there's an extra guy in the box. It's about the extra defender. Is that guy in coverage, or is that guy... In, in run support as he near the box, and then you can kill from a run to a pass or vice versa. And everything's baked in. You have basically two options. That part of it's not that big of a deal, and that's just part of the RPO offense, whether you're in college, high school, everywhere. It's, it's, it's built in. And that's what Brian was trying to explain as far as having options. 
Right. Um, but let, let me let me ask you a question off that. It, it, it's an educated guess that the quarterback is making because the defense is going to do their best to disguise where they're going to go with that specific extra player. They're going to stay right on the edge, so they're going to try and make you think, all right, he's in the box. He's up and run protection. All of a sudden, just before the ball gets snapped, after the quarterback has already checked to the other play, oh, now he drops back. Oh, shoot. Then this play isn't the best play. To and and by the it. way, that is why the Fangio scheme became the it scheme in the NFL, because the whole point of his scheme is to disguise pre-snap and then rotate into the coverage post-snap, and you make the quarterback wait sort of a, a, a half second, a sec, depending on the processing speed of the quarterback. And that's why all the offensive coaches became enamored with it. Oh, it makes it so difficult. And it did make it difficult until quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, started figuring it out. And it wasn't that big of a deal for them. So everything's reactionary back and forth. But for the, the killing of the play from run to pass, pass to run, that's in every RPO offense at college, never mind pro. Uh, even if we want to go down the high school, never mind college, uh, it's in every um, offense and it continues to be in this offense. And that's what he was trying to to teach people who are run the football, run the football. You know, uh, they might call because you have a primary play and they might call a run and Jalen comes up to the line of scrimmage, sees the math. And says, no, we got to kill it. We got to kill it to the built-in pass option or vice versa. So that's what Brian was trying to say. But you get you get shat upon when you do right. that. But here's now we're back to my original point of uh, it's on the QB. Is Jalen just making the wrong calls? Are the other defenses concealing what they're actually going to do, what they're actually in, where their players actually going to be? Because there is a second or two between when you're changing the play, you're killing the play, and the ball gets snapped. You move guys around. Defenses can do a good job and out second guess the the quarterback. Do you think that's a potential issue? And maybe that's what the offense was getting at. I don't think the the killing of run the pass or vice versa is an issue. I think he's struggling right now when it comes to pressure packages. When he's getting pressure, he's struggling. Um, whether it's uh, getting the football out, the assumption that the Eagles have no hot routes, which I don't think 90% of the fans even know what a hot route is. Um, judging by the people I talk to, I'm, I'm uh, hopefully I'm wrong on that, but judging by the people I talk to on, on X. Um, but he's struggling right now when it comes to pressure packages. Um, I, I don't think he's struggling, even if you go back to Seattle. Um, that's not necessarily a bad decision by Jalen Hurts. It's a bad result because it's bad execution. A, he didn't look off the safety long enough. B, he underthrew the football. I, 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 don't, I, I can't even say that's a bad decision. That's just a bad throw, bad execution. He's not looking off. Um, so when it comes to his decision-making, I think the big issue is the pressure. And it, it, it really showed up against Wink Martindale for obvious reasons. Um, and now you have Todd Bowles, who's certainly probably going to try to take advantage of that. Now, that doesn't mean 
he hasn't been successful handling pressure in the past. Everybody seems to talk in extremes. He can't do this. He can do that. He's not doing it well right now. And the coaches are desperately, desperately trying to fix it. But if you want me, and I'm talking to fans, Jody, I'm not talking to you. If you want me to lie to you and tell you it's the coach's fault because they can't put a hot route. And and I brought up Philip Rivers in Indianapolis is one of the best ever when it comes to hot routes. Nick Sirianni was the offensive coordinator there. Oh, he magically had a hot route in the in the offense. Well, when you have a quarterback that can handle things like that, yeah, you you tend to lean on it more. Right now, they're not leaning on it more because the quarterback is struggling with it. That's a sin. That evidently is a mortal sin worthy of federal indictment in Philadelphia. The quarterback is not handling pressure well right now. And Doesn't what, mean he can't fix it. It means he's not handling what it. What really bothers me is if you can agree, I can agree, Nick Sirianni can agree on it. A portion of Eagles Nation agrees. There's nothing to do about it. They can't get extra practice time. They can't put five hours in out on the field and go, here's what we need to do. We've evaluated the tape, and here we can solve these problems, but here's what we have to do. Maybe even adding something, a small wrinkle here late in the season that they think could be really advantageous. Oh, you can't do that because the NFL doesn't allow the teams to practice. They watch over them like hawks and make sure that they don't spend five extra minutes on the field. It's just ridiculous what the NFL is giving away. I get it. The owners wanted to keep as much money in their pockets as possible, so they negotiated the uh, opportunity to, if the team wants to put in, everyone include players, coaches, they want to put in extra time, they want to put in extra work, they want to fix the problems they have. Nope, we collectively bargained that away. I'm sorry, that pisses me off. All right, he's McBall and I'm McDonald. We are Mega Mac Birds 365. I see by our green room that Mike Gill from down the shore is ready to jump into his usual, usual Wednesday spot. We go down the shore with Mike Gill next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a, a good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here. I'm Birds365. I can see the like buttons being clicked as we speak. Please, we could use your help because Mike Gill has arrived. Uh, one of the more popular segments we do each and every single week, and he's adjusting his camera because he's going to show us what T-shirt Mike Gill is wearing today. Yeah, I got a new vantage point too. I got a new setup in my living room, so it's a little bit better of a seat for me. But today, I'm rocking the. Uh, Tennessee Brew Works. Tennessee Brewery. Brew Works. All right. All right. We want uh, actually, Brewery. That's actually a very nice shirt. Uh, but yeah, it's I, got the guitar pick. I predicted last night with uh, my producer yeah, from the He won Ivy League on you. He, yeah. He thought I, you're going to take another smart school, Mike I, Hill. I thought for sure you'd be going to some university that wouldn't accept McMullen, McDonald, or Gill as a student, but they'll sell you a t-shirt anytime you want to buy a t-shirt. But the brewery will always accept me. That's true. And me and John. That's a place (laughs) that all three of us could attend. That's a good point. That's a valuable point as well. Yes. Um, The Tennessee Brew Works, Nashville. um, I was there this summer. Fantastic. 1927 was the brew. Uh, it's a little off the beaten path from Broadway, but you got to get off Broadway to go find the good stuff. So there you I go. I like it. Very nice. All right. This question is for both of you guys because John and I were just talking about it before. We punched you up, Mike. I want to take it to another step. If all three of us can agree that the Eagles, and when I say the Eagles, that's collective, coaching staff, quarterback, the other players are struggling against the Blitz. I don't think anybody can deny that at this time. As a team, they're struggling as a bl- with the blitz. And Tampa blitzes. They're one of the top three blitzing teams in the National Football League. And you check their stats. Their sacks are spread out to linebackers and safeties and the like. It's not all just the defensive end who gets there. Uh, so it's coming on Monday night. The Eagles need to be prepared for it. How do you think they try and beat it? Will it be more... Uh, scheme oriented? Will it be more player personnel oriented by keeping blocks in the back, uh, going more too tight end, seeing a, a, a lot more of, uh, let's say, a Jack Stoll in the game? How do you think the Eagles will try and countermand them, bring, uh, them bringing the blitz? Uh, Mike, you first. 
Well, if we all remember, I know the Phillies were still in the regular season at the time. The, the Eagles have played the Buccaneers. And in that game, they ran the ball 40 times. That's one way to try to get a blitz to kind of calm down, run right past it and run right through it. Um, they ran the ball 40 times for 200 yards. And one of the things I think we've kind of lost in this Eagle season, I know they were ahead uh, of Arizona a couple weeks ago, but this team is way different when they can play with the lead than they can justify in their minds running the ball a little bit more. Uh, the other part of your question, what if that's not the case? What if you're not running the ball? Yeah, then they have to really, you know, it's funny. I saw a play during the game and we're talking about the blitz and I, and John was on my show and I heard him right here talk about, you know, they had hot routes in Indianapolis and Rivers. He's the king of just checking it down and finding guys. But there's a play they ran and I don't know that this is all. This is why I tried to ask John because he's in the stadium and he can see. I saw the play from above when they showed the aerial and they're blitzing and every receiver's backs to the quarterback. They're not turning. They're not looking. So he has no one to throw the ball to. Now, is this a byproduct of that? Is this a byproduct of that's one play that I happen to get an aerial shot on TV? I don't get that all the time. Are the receivers not cognizant or is the quarterback just missing the guy? Is it a combination of things? So there's a lot involved in that question, Jody, of who is ultimately at fault when there's a blitz coming and they don't know how to figure it out, find it, and who the check down guy is. Because every, you know, the Eagles played the Giants last week and Reddick is dropping back into coverage. And then soon as Taylor rolls out of the pocket, Reddick is a lost puppy out there and he just goes after the quarterback because that's what's in his mind that I'm supposed to do. And it's almost like the Giants are baiting him. We're going to go right to you because we know you're going to come <laughs> after us. And as soon as you vacate that position, here comes the guy sliding right into your spot. We're going to hit him for 30 yards. The Eagles just don't seem to have that cognizant in their offense right now for whoever's fault it is. I don't know that I can pinpoint one guy because I can't see above every play. But I did see one play, and I think Orlovsky picked the exact play that I'm talking about because Stoll was in the game, which is rare, so I can remember that. He's running a seam right, right down the middle of the field with his back, and so are the other two guys. They're all running yeah. fly it probably It was probably all uh, – I don't know the play, but <clears> – <throat> It was probably all go, which is four verticals. Um, on a third, right? On a third on, down, on, the team's blitzing, which and they've you've got, got everybody running down the field. Yeah. So that particular is, play, there was no one to throw the ball to yeah. on a checkdown, which is uh, rare uh, when you when you know the blitz is coming. You shouldn't be running all go, but and they've done it twice, I think, over the past two games. Which you know, sometimes you get caught. Sometimes you do call the wrong play, and sometimes you you expect something, you get something different, it looks bad. Um, so by no means am I trying to say all I was trying to say yesterday is the Eagles have hot routes built into their offense. I mean, pick your favorite high school in the area. They have hot routes built in their, to their offense. So saying, especially a guy who had Phillip rivers doesn't know what a hot route is. Yeah. I mean, that's absurd. That's ludicrous. I want everybody to stipulate that. Um, I've, and, and I can't even get people to stipulate that. Yeah, I, now, I don't. Get... I, I'm not suggesting 
that it's not there. I'm just pinpointing in my mind. I don't know. Yeah, who's well, you, it. and you, again, you call... last year, nothing went wrong. So I don't remember having this conversation about, oh, there's no hot routes. They're not beating the blitz. They didn't seem to have any adversity on the offensive side of the ball. But as you mentioned, John, yesterday on my show, the numbers are almost the same. Not the last six weeks, but throughout the course of this season, yeah. offensively, yeah. They have been oh, a top yeah. five to ten offense almost the entire season. Yeah, but it's been. I it, test it, doesn't say that to us. No, they finished uh, eighth this year, and I think the difference they finished third. So remember, we're talking about the third ranked offense in twenty twenty two, the eighth ranked offense in twenty twenty three, and you can explain that difference basically with. Um, the turnover difference. Uh, they didn't turn it over last year. They turned it over this year. So that's right. mainly different. You have AJ. Look at AJ Brown. I mean, the record in this town for 40 years was Mike Quick. For 40 years, he he beat it two years in a row. 14, well over 1,400 yards two years in a row. You have two thousand yard receivers. You have a thousand yard rusher. The quarterback set a franchise record for touchdowns this year. By the way, franchise record for touchdowns. Um, NFL record for rushing touchdowns tied with Josh Allen. Um, yeah, this offense is pretty good. Um, they're struggling at one particular aspect right now, and that's the blitz. Sometimes it, it is the coach. They have a guy, John and Jody, Dallas Goddard in this offense should be killing it then. I mean, if you have a blitz coming and you're saying hot route or short stuff, dump off. He should be wide open in the middle of the field, just sitting there. Almost, we had a, when I went to West Virginia, there was a guy named Lovett Purnell was the tight end, and we used to call him the security blanket. You'd blitz, and there's Purnell who couldn't do anything. He just caught the ball like a statue. But he he was oh, Goddard is a very good pass catching player, and you would think this is a situation where he would would excel in, and yet he seems to be invisible in this offense. Well, ironically, I think you use, and this is what Nick, I think does well. You use what you have. You use the strengths of the players you have. Um, and he's playing to the strengths of Jalen Hurts, or he's trying to play to the strengths of Jalen Hurts, which I think is a very good thing. I see quarterbacks all the time saying, you know, for all the, and I would vote for Kevin Stepanski as, as coach of the year. Uh, with all the things that he's done um, um, and overcome injuries all over the place, four quarterbacks. He got better with Joe Flacco, though. And and people are saying, why don't you get he's a he's a Shanahan guy. That's who he learned from. He he learned the Shanahan Kubiak offense, the Gary Kubiak offense. That's yeah. what he learned. Play action. What does Joe Flacco do well? Play action. Stands in the pocket. It it kind of fits in it. What, what Nick has been able to do, whether it's Phillip Rivers, he changes the offense. Whether it's Jalen Hurts, he changes the offense. Whether it's Jacoby Brissett, going all the way back to Andrew Luck. Um, he's been able to morph offenses to take advantage of the strengths of that particular quarterback. Every every quarterback. And I think if Phillip Rivers, by the way, would have won a Super Bowl, he didn't. He'd be a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's how much respect I have for Phillip Rivers. Andrew Luck was off the charts gifted, obviously derailed career because of in injuries. Jacoby Brissett, not so much. Jalen Hurts is tremendously talented, has had tremendous success. All the offenses are different. I think that's the biggest strength of Nick Sirianni. 
Uh, Jody will know. Jody will tell you. Damo is one of our favorite guests. He's on every week. He was talking about dumping the football. I've been saying since day one, they're not going to be a dump-off team. They're not going to be a dump-off team. The quarterback doesn't like it. They're not going to dump the football off a lot. Again, the extreme people. Doesn't mean never. Means a lot. Jalen Hurts does phenomenal things. Remember the Alameda Zacchaeus touchdown where he's extending the play? Phillip Rivers can't do that. Remember the third and 20 to to A.J. Brown? Phillip Rivers can't do that. But Phillip Rivers is better at handling the blitz than Jalen Hurts. So he tries to do different things to take advantage. I guess one question with that is I don't know that we're looking at Hurts as, you know, there's a lot of guys that can improvise and make plays because they can run around backyard football. That doesn't mean they're very good. I'm not suggesting that Hertz is in that category, but you're saying, well, you know, Rivers can't make this play. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of guys that can run around and just, you know, avoid tackles for six seconds and then finally find a guy wide open because the corners are just running around like a crazy person. That doesn't necessarily mean because he can execute plays that Rivers can't. Now, I'm not trying to blame Hertz to say, but I think one of the, the big problems here is what role does Hertz have in why this team is what it is right now. In all facets, I, I don't have a lot. Of, like, when things are going good, he has this even keel. It's not enough. No, you got to do better. The standard is the standard. But now that things aren't going so good, I don't feel like, man, this guy's really got me feeling confident about where this team's going. It's almost everybody else has to kind of say something. And where's the quarterback stepping up in the middle of this and saying, you know what? We haven't played well enough, and I'm part of the problem, and it's got to get better. It just seems to be. it's this. Uh, that's interesting because you know who brought that up to me? Our buddy Zach Berman. And he was talking oh. about the play in Seattle um, where Nick kind of looked bad protecting the players. Not kind of. Looked oh, very bad protecting the but players. No, nobody made Nick go to pants interference. He went no. there on his own. That no. was just That's on him. That was a dumb thing to say, and he chose to say it. We understand the reason that he said it. He was covering for his players. You're, 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 you're right. It was still a dumb thing to, to say. To the point I that A.J. With, Brown called him a, made him look like a ma- fool. Made him look like a fool. Words. But I, I will say, and you're both 100% correct, but that's not Zach's point. Zach's point was A.J. Brown stepped up and explained it was his fault. The quarterback never did. True. The quarterback was happy skating through, Yeah, thinking Nick Sirianni's a fool, making a bad decision. Is that a good thing? I thought it was a valid point for Zach to bring up. Is that a good thing? And I'm thinking, you know, look, everybody, when Jalen Hurts got into this league, it wasn't this guy's got a great arm. This guy's a playmaker. He can improvise. He can do this. He's he can he's accurate. None of those things we're talking about. What do you think of Jalen Hurts? Well, he's a tremendous leader. That's the only thing we ever heard. And now, when the team needs a leader the most, I'm not sure that's coming out. I don't know that that's jumping off the page of hey, this guy is the franchise leader in touchdowns. He's second in MVP last year. He had a great game in the Super Bowl. Maybe was the best player on the field. All this stuff. But now the team's one in five, and I keep waiting for him to be the guy that says something 
to make this team want to look at him and say, we're going to be all right. And that doesn't seem to be happening right now. Here's where I think the legit criticism of Jalen Hurts' leadership comes into play. Because even though John gets in there and all of his media cohorts uh, for a period of time to be able to be in the locker room, it's minimal as compared to as much time that the Eagles actually have in there. And we don't know that Jalen isn't a good leader and isn't talking to his teammates and isn't helping out when the doors are shut and it's just a team. But on Sundays, when the team is struggling and he's sitting there on the bench by himself, staring straight into space as his teammates around him are going, what the hell is wrong? Why, why couldn't we three and punt again? What the? He doesn't interact with his teammates while the game is ongoing. And I guess that's Jalen's thing. And Jalen's got to take care of Jalen because he's the quarterback and he's got to stay focused. He's got to do what keeps him capable of doing the best that he can. But you got to be able to, to at least interact. I'm not talking about going up, getting in somebody's face, going up, throwing an arm around somebody. But he doesn't even talk to his teammates. He, he puts a couple of seconds in on the pad, and he puts that down. And he stares off into space. There's no way around that. That's just the way that he handles it. And I don't know that that's the best way that a quarterback leader can act on a Sunday afternoon while the game's going badly. Uh Definitely noted. I, 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 you know, it's just like Charlie Sheen in Major League Two, right? You know, he, his story, Hertz has been constantly the coach's son. Then he got benched. We know the whole story. And it almost seems like everything for him has been, I'm working towards being accepted. I'm working towards this acceptance in, in, in my field. And then he finally got it. And it's like, now what am I, like, you hate to question whether, what's he fighting for next? Well, the Super Bowl. Well, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of examples of people who got to a point and decided I've made it. I hope that's not him. I didn't question this contract because of the fight from him, because he's always wanted to prove that he belonged and was better than what people thought. But unfortunately, right now, I think he is just as much of part of the conversation of why this team, and by the way, defensively is way up here. You know, I don't know if you watch suits, but the defense is up here. Oh, the yeah. is down uh, here on the reason why. I ain't team. even talking about the offense, but everybody wants to talk about. Well, the you know why, John, the, the quarterback is the highest paid guy. Yeah. He's the guy. It's like when the Sixers lose, I don't care about Doc Rivers in the past or James. It's Joel Embiid. You lost because of Joel Embiid. He's the best player. Whether it's his fault or not, you are the franchise. And when you take that money, it all changes for you. It changes everything. It changes the blame. It also changes the makeup of the roster. So when you decide to take that money, you better be sure you want the linebackers to get ignored, the safeties to get ignored, the this guy to get ignored. It all comes back to you and your decisions as the leader of the football team. So whether he's at the top of the list or not, he will always be at the top of the list. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, you know, I think if the Eagles do go into Tampa and win the game, it will be because of the offense. And the sure. defense sort of has to persevere um, and do as uh, best as possible because I don't think there are any fixes built in. The Eagles' fixes on offense have to deal with how good their talent is. 
and it's tremendous. Um, defensively, particularly in the back seven, um, it is not tremendous. Um, now you're going to get Slay back, but you also have to expect some rust. Um, hasn't played for a while. Uh, Bradbury's had the year he's having. Reed Blankenship's now banged up again. Kevin Byard's been just kind of a guy. Zach Cunningham looked bad. There's a perfect example. Now, Zach Cunningham was out for a few weeks. He looked terrible. He had been playing pretty well before the injury, but he looked terrible. So to assume Slay's going to just show up after not playing for a month and be Pro Bowl corner, I don't know. No. The good news is Baker Mayfield and that offense is on the other side, and they're struggling. So I don't know. But but this, this assumption, Mike, that the coaches are joysticks – uh, or the players are joysticks, the coaches are manipulating. It ain't that. It ain't that. Well, it's an I interesting mean, dynamic, John, of you talk to a guy who played most of the time, they're going to say it's the players. You talk to fans, there's this dynamic of the fans know they can't play the game, but they think they could coach the game and therefore will blame the guy who's, job we feel that we could actually do i can't well, be I, I i think it's more of they they want to protect the players of their favorite team for the most part there's a couple guys that's always a nebulous standard because then sometimes yeah, they, subconsciously, they i think it's because i can't block but i can tell you how to block because 45 years ago i blocked for polk high so therefore i'm qualified to say that you know, you didn't do your job. I had a the big coaches, year at Polk High. <laughs> right. The coaches, you know, um, you talk about this all the time. You don't like the play. It's not the play call. It's the result of the play. You, you, yep, met, you yep, promote, yep. mapped it out on the show yesterday. You know, there's a play. You know, it seems that 10 guys are doing their job. One guy isn't. And if one guy doesn't do his job, the whole play is blown up. If that guy does his job, we all saw the play that A.J. Brown was talking about. Everybody did their job. Jurgens got blasted. If Jurgens holds his block, Hertz is still running like uh, Forrest Gump on the uh, on his on his run. Yeah. No one's catching him. Yeah. But one guy messes up. So the play call was the right play. The execution of that play was not. Uh, I think on offense, that's the problem. But on defense, I think they got way more problems than that. And this is a... I've never seen an amalgamation of, hey, we're going to hire a guy who doesn't have any background in this style of defense. Then midway through the season or further than midway through the season, we're going to put you in charge of that guy's defense. So now you are going to call yeah, that's that guy's a, defense okay. for him. And then in the middle of it, say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable calling that guy's defense. So I'm going to implement things from my defense in the middle of calling that yeah. guy's defense. Yeah. So to me, the offense might have guys that are not executing, and I do agree. I think they can ask backwards their way into 24 points by accident if they have to, if it comes down to it. But I don't know how they get this defense together <laughs> because of what they did. All yeah. right, since, since you went there, let's follow up. The hiring of Matt Patricia. Who's to blame? Is it Patricia because you believe he lied? That when they had to sit down and had a meeting with him, they explained the type of defense. The coach has been outspoken about his belief in the Fangio defense and limiting big plays, which, oh, by the way, they're one of the worst in the National Football League at giving up big plays. So words are nice. 
Results are nothing. We're back to a results decided no. business. The Eagles stink on defense. Um, do you blame? Do you think Patricia lied and said, "Oh no, yeah, I can wrap my head around a Fangio defense. I see what sure. you guys are trying to do. I can do that." Or do you think the Eagles just didn't emphasize it enough and said, "We just need another experienced guy here. We got a kind of inexperienced overall coordinator. We could use just a." a smart defensive mind. Do you think Fangio pulled the wool over their eyes or do you think they didn't put Fangio on question enough when they hired him to say, you're going to be good with this and you're going to adapt to this and you're going to be able to get in lockstep with the rest of our defensive coaches, which you think it more likely is. uh, Look, it's, 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 it's two things here. One. Yes. Anybody, you know, my first job when I'm in my 20s, they say, hey, you're going to host a radio show, but you also have to sell your own advertising. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. And I don't want to sell advertising. I'm going to do the radio show. You're going to do whatever you have to do to get in the building. Patricia, hey, can you learn this guy's defense and kind of, yeah, sure, I could do that. You're in the building now. Now you have influence on your next step in, in, in what you want to do. So there's that point of it of, hey, I need a job. This team has a lot of talent. This guy's a, you know, uh, he, he's been a coordinator before, but it didn't go all that well. And maybe he knows them. And hey, I don't, maybe I could, there's an opportunity for me here. The second part of this is, and John, I think you've hit on this. I've talked about this a lot. The league is changing right before our eyes. And this Fangio defense is getting figured out. If the Eagles actually had some foresight to say, maybe this defense is getting figured out, we want someone in here that has another idea in the event that we need to make a replacement. And if we have to do it in season, it might be bad, but this might be, I would have to give them some credit if they foresighted that for down the road, that would only be the answer if Patricia is the coordinator next year. And they said, Hey, now he's going to get the whole off season to put his defense in, but who decided to make him the coordinator, I think is interesting. I know John, you have advocated and strongly said this was Nick's idea. A lot of people think that it was told. Well, guess what? If this is Nick's idea and he said, hey, I want to make Matt Patricia the coordinator and they give up a 30 burger in this game, that's a fireball offense. <clears throat> that is a, a decision that essentially blew up not only your season, potentially your locker room. Who knows? There could have been people who said, why did you get rid of Sean? What did he do wrong? Well, I guarantee you, I said, guarantee you there are guys on that team that feel that way. Sure. So I feel that way. Sure, sure. And to me, what we're watching right now, yeah, scheme, players, coaches, yada, yada. Something happened in that locker room that's not out there yet because this is a disaster. On you, know yeah. you know who's to blame for this above and beyond everybody else? Jonathan Gannon, because he was good enough to put together the second best defense in the NFL. So there was no, no way Sirianni was changing this offseason. There was no way he was going to go. Well, you know, maybe they're catching up the oh, Fangio. Wow. He's yeah, going, no, they're, they're not catching up. We're in the second-best yeah. defense. It's well, Gannon's fault. It, you know, what's ironic, because I got killed for defending Nick Sirianni. Jody can tell you, from pretty much day one, I said that defensive, that was an awful decision, going away from Sean Desai uh, to Matt Patricia. I've been saying that pretty consistently. That's an awful, awful decision. Uh, from, from Matt's perspective, though, to Jody's point, he was hired for a different position. There's no problem with if you go if you want to use Big Big Banjo. I mean, he he started out really as a defensive assistant with the Philadelphia Stars way back in the day. 
And then he was a linebackers coach before he ever got his a longtime linebackers coach in New Orleans before he ever got his first uh, coordinator job. If you're in a different position, you want to learn other defenses. You know, every time I would see Matt Patricia, he had this big binder like this thick uh, and he'd walk around. It's good for him to learn other people's philosophies and encompass. He's a smart guy. That's why he knows so much. That's why people make fun of it. But he knows offensive football as much as defensive football. And they put him on the offensive side. He's just a football guy. He knows what he's watching. Now, then when you hire him after 13 games to be the coordinator, essentially, no matter what the title is, the defensive play caller, yeah, if you can't put in your system. You know, when Big Bangio was the linebackers coach in New Orleans, he probably was, he wanted to run a different system. Trust me, everybody wants to run their own system. But you, you can't do that in week 14, week 15. Uh, it, it, it was one of the worst decisions ever. Um, and if you want to blame Nick Sirianni, which I do, because I think, he, you know, and I'm, you know, maybe he's lying. Uh, but. Well, he's shown a pretty strong indication in recent weeks of lying. That's well, that's true, too. And that's why hey, I bring it up. But I'll yeah. say this. How now, Roseman? You know, I go back to suits, the, you know. His word means nothing any longer. He has already been called out by well, his own players. Yeah, but there's other them. There's other parts to it as well. And the fact that Howie Roseman, remember, Howie Roseman found Sean Desai. So, you know, Howie's on, on it's not like, oh, it's Nick Suriani's guy. Howie found him and Nick approved him. Well, that, that's another, you know, John, <laughs> when Andy was here and people started to pluck his coordinators, the team had some problems. These coordinators, I think. I don't want to say get overlooked because people obviously chat away. Brian Johnson stinks. John Gannon stinks. This guy stinks. They're very Everybody important. Stinks. Everybody, Everybody stinks. Everybody stinks, right. But I do think one thing with Sirianni that worries me moving forward, and this is why I do think, like, if it was his decision to put Patricia in that role, that's a terrible decision of judgment right there. I but agree. my I question agree. is, he brought two guys with him to this job, Shane Steichen, John Gannon, when Gannon got hired, it was this is a well-respected hire, and he got a head coaching job. Steichen, I think, was a little less heralded, but he got a head coaching job. How long is the Rolodex for Nick Sirianni? If you fire these guys, then who? Now you're going into a situation where you're worried, not worried, you're going into Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman's contacts, and then they start to pick the guys, much like the Doug situation. Because I don't know how long the Rolodex is for Nick Sirianni. Um, it's is not he that long. It's already out. I mean, there's Kevin Petulo. There's Jason Michael. Right. Um, you know, how he found Sean Desai, how he found Brian Johnson. Um, and you're now bringing in a situation where you have the head coach getting handed guys and you never know how you're going to mesh with somebody else. Someone says, hey, John and Jody, you guys are going to be a show. Well, I don't even know this guy. Well, work it out. Well, it works out fine, but that's not always it works out great. People love us, Mike. <laughs> well, but I'm saying, that's my point, is that's not always the case. You might get two guys who, who don't like each other. Well, your hand, here, Nick, work with this guy. Well, I don't like this guy's personality. We don't see yeah. eye to eye. Well, you know, look at Wink Martindale. Look at look at what's going on with the Giants. Right. Well, uh, once, you get, once you get out of your comfort zone with the guys that you trust, 
how much can I put on his plate? I don't know. I don't know this guy. He's got to build that trust up. But I know this guy, and I know that I don't have to go into his meetings because he's handling it. All right, so and here's I, a key question. I guess it's more for John, but, Mike, if you want to chime in, please feel free. Yeah. Whose idea was Matt Patricia? Oh, Howie. Howie brought Matt into the Well, that's what I go to the Nick foresight Curios question. Now. Did they yeah. foresight that there could be issues? In hindsight, yeah, they did not right. trust But do you side. believe? do you believe Patricia was stuffed down Sirianni's throat? Or sure. No, I don't believe okay. I don't believe anybody was stuffed down his throat. He okayed it. Uh, oh, how okay. he brought how he brought Matt Patricia. Uh, not not obviously he knew Matt Patricia. Everybody knows Matt Patricia, but um, yeah, how he put him on the radar and and Nick approved it. That's how right. it's gone to this point. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying it's going to go to that point. You know, I, I just talked about Wink Martindale. Eagles fans would love Wink Martindale. Guess what? Wink Martindale talked himself out of Baltimore and the Giants because he can't get along with the head coach. I couldn't get along with Harbaugh after a number of years. Couldn't get along with Brian Dayball now. You really want that guy? Well, guess what? If the... you can't get along after a number of years, if one of those years results in the ultimate prize four years down the road, you would take a confrontation on the sideline and talking yourself out of town. Most likely. Agree? Yeah, yeah, that that part I would. And by uh, the way, these you. are short-term jobs. Generally, they anyway. are. They the, are. The, the realization that we're going to hire Wink Martindale and he's going to be here for fifteen years is not happening anyway. These guys are here for three, four years, and, and yeah. we're seeing uh, you. You got a coach who's got what's Sirianni's win percentage? He's got. Well, a win we just went through that. It's getting worse. But Jody had pointed out it was top ten. Right, he was tenth. Had the tenth best yeah. winning in the history of the national football. In the history, I got. I got to look it up. He, he, I know he felt. Well, whatever it is, spots. he's yeah. got a winning percentage where you're like, how could you even have this discussion? That's where we are in sports. It's the whole. If you can't win the whole thing, you're not good enough. That's that's, I, that's I, right. At at Mike Gill's show, that's right, Mike. I mean, that's where we, this guy won twenty five of twenty seven games, and people want to run him out on a rail. I, I mean, they've never had that level of success in the well, entire history I would of the sport. I would interject, and I agree, John. I, I, I'm just saying, Chip Kelly won a lot of games. It wasn't like he was a boob. Not like, like in this. Terms of, well, I'm just saying, he won 10 games yeah, multiple won 10 times. Games. Yeah. And they got to a point where they realized, this isn't working. He's not good enough. We've been figured out. So you can run the race and sprint the mile – and be so far ahead of everybody, but realize you had three laps left to go and run out of gas. I think the Eagles saw he sprinted out of the gates and he's starting to run out of gas. Let's jump ahead of this. Does Nick Sirianni have a second act? Did he get to the sprint with what he's done? And now people have said, well, we figured this out. You did that. We've done this. You did that. We did that. Your coordinators are gone. What else you got? And are the Eagles looking at it and saying he had a great sprint, but there's still three laps to go. Yeah, Dude. I mean, maybe he's a 100-meter guy. Maybe he's not a marathon guy. But, uh, boy, it's quick. That sprint is quick. If you want to fire this guy, even if they lose in Tampa Bay, I would not advocate firing Nick Suriani because the show he always brings up, all right, where are you going then? Yeah, where well, are you I going? Get, if I can get Mike Vrabel, I would do that. But Yeah, I mean, but, but but this team's not going to hire Mike. You, you have to be honest with yourself. Oh, I agree. I'm saying He's a guy that I would really think would be a good fit here, and I agree. I don't know that they're going to go that route, but I'm just saying. You people say, "Well, if you're going to fire a guy, who are you bringing in?" 
I know they wouldn't bring in that guy, but if he was available, I would be very interested. Yeah. And he right. is then you got to start talking about Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman because they don't want anybody with any cachet who's going to push back against what they want to do. There's two different questions. Who do you think they would hire and who you would hire? And between McMullen, McDonald, Mike Gill, who we would hire really doesn't friggin' matter because no. we're not, we're not going to be the guys doing the hiring. I do think before we let you run Gill, number one, uh, with the loss last week, Nick Sirianni fell from 10th to 14th. That's Ooh. a pretty big drop. Damn, yeah. one one game. But small sample size. Small sample yeah, size can move the needle pretty yeah. damn quickly. He fell behind John's favorite, Matt LaFleur, who's having a nice year, by the way. Uh, Paul Brown and Tony Dungy and Don Shula. He was actually ahead of Don Shula. He's now behind Don Yeah, Shula. I've never been a Matt LaFleur guy because I think he rode the wave of Aaron Rodgers, but I have to give him credit because he's doing a he's have, he's doing a good job with Jordan Love. I, I like Jordan Love. I think they're <laughs> Uh, they got a lot of good young receivers that they're doing a good job. I gotta, I gotta revisit my Matt LaFleur and, and, and everybody in the Delaware Valley is rooting for the green Bay Packers this week. Cause they're playing the Cowboys in the playoffs. And the one other one uh, that it, Mike, you were worried about these guys being short term. We worry about, Oh my God, he's going to be the coordinator for a decade. Come on. They come and go. My partner told me before the season started, don't be surprised if Brian Johnson's a one and done that he's so well-respected around the league that there will be teams coming knocking this offseason and talk to him. The last couple of days, we've seen about 20 names come up for uh, interest in, have asked permission for, can we talk to this guy for the coaching up uh, opportunities in the league? I've not seen Brian Johnson's name mentioned once. No, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, but if you want to put me on blast, Jody, I'm going to put you on blast. Go Way back at the start of the season, you said Sean Desai was more likely to get a head coaching interview than Brian well, Johnson. I would interject so, it for both of you. Whose list was Nick Sirianni on? Nobody. Yeah, well, exactly. But uh, And there's still Tennessee. Nobody was expecting Brable to go. There's still going to be more. Look, Brian has taken a hit because the yeah. Eagles have been so crappy down the stretch. And that's, you know, that's part of the problem with these owners. They get too emotional, just like fans, to be honest. And they start, well, you know, oh, we well, got to go in a different direction. You know what ends up happening, too? Like Arthur Smith is now, you know, he got fired. Well, yeah. he was a free, uh, I mean, an offensive coordinator who was a head coach. Well, that guy was a, co a head coach. You got to get him to be the coordinator. So there's all this, like, you know, everybody wants the other guy's trash because he used to be a head coach. 
Uh, that's the time of the season we're in. Oh, but, I, I'm surprised we haven't heard Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator here. I'm sure it'll come up in the off season, but uh, you got to get to the off season. Uh, I still think Brian uh, will will get, you know, maybe an interview like Jonathan got one interview. Maybe he'll get one interview, but he's not going to be one of those hot guys. Well, and I would say he gets everybody's um, on the same list. The first year, like ben Sirianni, Sirianni was the play caller for about six, seven, eight games. Then he handed it over to Steichen. I don't think anybody watched Shane Steichen and said, man, this is such an innovative, great offense. Um, last year, Steichen did a great job and had a really good feel. It wasn't this, you know, there wasn't a lot of, everybody said, there's not a lot of motion. They don't move a lot. They didn't move a lot. There wasn't a lot of motion last year. But my point is, if you would have looked at Steichen's first year, you wouldn't have been like, People would want him gone. You got to give these guys a chance to kind of grow into the position. Well, yeah, Brian Johnson done enough good to say, hey, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have problems that first year. We got to give you a second year to see now what how much you've grown before you pull the plug and then try to find someone else who is not guaranteed to do well, it. Well, that's how quick it you mentioned the sports world, Mike. That's how quick it goes. I mean, when the Eagles were 10 and 1, Brian was getting interviews. I mean, there was no freaking question, but they fell apart down well, the street. And keep in mind, another coordinator for Hertz, another new offense for Hertz. Yeah, you want to you want to go down I gotta, that road. I, I also with the, got, same, with the same coach who calls it his offense. Please stop with that. Stop. Oh, my God. How could he be asked to work with Brian Johnson, a guy he's known since he's four years old? No, 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 no. I'm talking about if you got rid of Brian. I'm talking about if you got rid of Brian Johnson. Now you're going to really a fourth play caller for him. By the way, Brian Brian Johnson's not back. It's going to be because he's fired, not because he's getting another job. He's not going to be hired. I'll, John, I'll disagree with you right here, right now. He will not get an interview. I oh, I agree with that. I agree that he's not getting none. Well, it's po- I mean, po- if they lose out, it's it's definitely possible. Lose I'm out? Saying. They got one game to go. What do you mean lose well, out? Well, that's what I mean, lose out. If they don't oh. win that game. Look, they lose yes, the next man. game, the one more game they have. Well, if if he wins the next game and he, and he plays well in, say, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and the not he plays well, but the Eagles play well, the Eagles offense, all of a sudden, these guys change at the – Drop a hat. They, 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 you know, they have recency bias like everybody else. So all of a sudden, as I said, when they were ten and one and riding high, yeah, things were looking very good. Now they're okay. looking very bad. Um, I, I will say because I got a lot of Frank Wright love, you know, hindsight love. Frank Wright was here in 2016. Almost got fired, by the way. Nobody liked him. 20 except Doug Peterson. Um, they were 22nd in the NFL in offense when they won the Super Bowl, they were seventh. Uh, the last two years, they were third and eighth, they're eighth this year. It's still a pretty good offense, people. I, 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 yeah, yeah, but they they struggle. Is it a good offense because of the talent or is it a good offense because of the scheme? I'm not putting that much of the Eagles' success on offense on scheme this year. And it's mostly but the implementation of Brian Johnson has not surprised me, wowed me, or blown me away. Well, it's always – I I say constantly it's always personnel first. It's always personnel first. I have a texture to my show who who texts in all the time. I may have brought it up here, but he says they shouldn't be top five 
they should be historically good. With oh, this. my God. I, I can't. I don't know how you deal with those people. Everything should be with they, the talent, best everything. The yeah, best everything. Talent, well, and we talked about this during the San Francisco week. Do the Eagles have any less talent on offense than San Francisco? Yes. Yes. Oh, skill position, not offensive line. Skill position, yes. Oh, I, I mean, okay, they have McCaffrey. I think he's the one guy who stands out. That's big. But is Debo, any is he significantly better than A.J. Brown? He's not significantly better, but he's every bit as impactful. They're different. They're different. They're right, different but that's styles the of They players. have Debo, you have A.J. Brown. They have Ayuk, you have Smith. They have Kittle, you have Goddard. They're all Kittle's one. better than Goddard. Ayuk's better than Smith. And, and I, I got Smith. bad news for you, Eagle fans. Purdy's better than Hurts. Now, you want to go career and track record. Jalen was MVP last year. This year, it's not even a conversation. Purdy was just flat out better than Hurts. So the, the main position is for that one. Is- I'm not going to. Ayuk's better uh, than Devontae, and I love Devontae, but Ayuk had a phenomenal he's a great he, he's one of the most did underrated he, players did he have a great year is he better talent wise or because he was in a better offense he's in a better offense but that i can't worry about offense everybody knows who watches this show how much respect i have for kyle shanahan as a play caller and play schemer he's the best in the business mm-hmm. so he's better than nick sirianni he's better than everybody else that's part of it I'm not blaming Brock Purdy for playing in that offense. That's his offense. That's his lot in life. Sometimes people win the lottery. Guess what? Brock Purdy's better than Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody else they ran through that, so he deserves credit as well. Ayuk's great in that offense. Samuel's great in that offense. George Kittle, I love Dallas Goddard. George Kittle's best tight end in football, period. Oh, yeah. End of sentence. I'm just saying, I'm not saying who's better or worse if one guy's better. It's not a drastic difference of their talent is so much better than yours but their offense is so much better than yours go forget san francisco you know you look at miami they got a lot of talent their offense has hill you probably you know i got news for you these same fans are oh calls better than nick they were laughing at kyle shanahan for having a backup tight end block uh hassan reddick in the nfc championship game because they have no sticking idea what he's trying to accomplish on that particular play. Then he's been doing it for years. The Shanahan Kubiak offense play action. You're trying to fool. You're trying to chip. You're not trying to hold up. And the, and the quarterback didn't get the ball out on time. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about Kyle Shanahan's better when you make fun of him and say all this. Yes, he is better. He was better last year. He's better this year. He's going to be better next year. Doesn't mean you can't win a particular game on a particular day because talent Trump's scheme. You talk to Colin all the time. Colin Thompson. Jimmy's and Joe's greater than X's and O's. We did a lot of X and O in today with you, Mike Gill. We thank you for it, buddy. Have a good weekend. Looking forward to next work. Hey, and maybe after an Eagle win, you got to have your best T-shirt game on. Be ready next week, Gill. You ready? I was going to wear my Dunedin Brewery today, but that's down in Florida, and I don't want to go Tampa on you guys. So I okay. pulled the t- yeah, good, good, good call. Good, good order. Bring up. Uh, you're going to have to wear a Tampa T-shirt if the Bucks come up with a big upset win because the Eagles are the favorite. I'll find my best pewter.
And no, oh, yeah, don't go there. Um, I and I know how to get from Dunedin to Tampa Bay Downs. I can make that trip from the <laughs> home of the Blue Jays to make the last three races at Tampa Bay Downs. Uh, Mike Gill, thank you very much. From down at your 97.3, the Sports Bash, Mike Gill here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, uh, we'll uh, check in on a couple other topics, including PFF grades. They came out with the yearly grades for the Eagles. Some might surprise you a little bit, um, but I'll run those by uh, John. And Hunter Brody, WIP Zone. Hunter Brody going to join us coming in, coming up in 10 minutes. Stay here on Birds. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. I'm Bird 365. Appreciate you streaming in with us. Uh, Hunter Brody going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. All right, John, I didn't want to run these by you because you and I reference 
pro football focus all the time. And I know the work that they put in and the guys that they have viewing videotape and grading and the like. And for the most part, I think they do an outstanding job. The key word or key phrase in that sentence is for the most part. I don't agree with everything they put out. I don't treat it as the Bible or gospel, but I do acknowledge that they're pretty damn good at what they do. Here were the Eagles' top 12 ranked players in order. Number one, A.J. Brown. Number two, Jalen Carter. Man, he must have been so great the first half of the season. He was. I'm sorry. There's been a drop-off. You cannot convince me there hasn't there has been, been a drop-off. Drop but for but he's yeah, still, about the first half of the season, he was he was he was phenomenal. Yeah. Off the charts good to stay at number two despite a drop-off. Number three, Jalen Hurts. They've yeah. got Hurts as the Eagles' third best player. Four Mylotta, five Lane Johnson, my lotta headed lane. Okay. Uh Kelsey six. BG7 for the limited role that he plays. Fletch, eight. I actually think Fletch could be higher than that. Uh, nine, Hassan Reddick, despite the sack numbers being down. Ten, Bayard. No, nah, really? well, that, most of that was Tennessee, remember. Um, you know. Oh, that's true. It's a season. Of, well, I don't know that. Uh, I didn't see if it was. It is. It, it is. It's an season. entire yearly yeah. grade. Okay, yeah. so. Thanks for coming down and dipping down with us, Kevin. Uh, 11 Goddard and 12 Reed Blankenship. Um, are you telling me Landon Dickerson is not one of the 12 best Eagles? Um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't agree with that. But uh, Are you telling me Devontae Smith is not one of the 12 best Eagles? Yeah. Well, that's understand. I, I don't value the, like, I don't know who put that out but I don't value the overall, like putting the players in order on a particular team as far as where they grade amongst their position, I think is more important because there are certain great, it's easier to get higher grades at certain positions than other positions. And that's why I think it's skewed a little bit from that standpoint. Um, and, and so that way, you know, you take Landon Dickerson, they got he's 16th of 81 amongst the guards, which is pretty good. Um, and and to me, that's that's more valuable. Like Jordan's number three amongst the tackles, Lane's number 10. And even that, I'd like to go left tackle versus right tackle. Um, so that to me is more valuable. But when you just stack them in order, yeah, there's certain pit, but like it's easier. Um, for defensive linemen to get good grades than than defensive backs. It's just, you know, there's a bunch of good grades for defensive linemen. Uh, there's a bunch of really crappy grades for corners uh, because it's it's a really difficult position to play. Um, so I don't I don't think it's when you put them in in order like that, I don't I don't think it's as valuable as you look at the player at his particular position. I see, and I would and I would uh blame PFF or just disagree with PFF. You need some balance to your grading. The, well, you, they're not trying, but that's the point. And I don't know again, I don't know who compiled that, but they're that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to grade a player at a particular position in his job. So in other words. Now it might have been PFF because they put out top ten. I I don't know who put it out, um, but but you know 
then you have two sort of conflicting goals. You're trying to generate clicks and looks at your social media and all that kind of stuff, uh, which that does versus what, what the actual scouts are trying to do that they have are trying to grade the players at their particular positions, which I think is the more important part of, of their grades, but they also, it's also a business, right? And they're trying to sell their grades as well. So it's trying to yeah, service two men. It's a, it's a pretty well-funded business uh, that doesn't really need to have to uh, bend over backwards. And I think you're talking with the way you're describing it. You're saying they skew things just to try and get more clear. Shame on them. If that's the case, shame well, I, on them. I, I, I don't have know. a freaking business. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. I'm just saying. You're, you're, you're hinting at it, John. You're pretty much no, saying it. I don't work for them. I don't know. I'm saying that's what people do on social media. I don't know. Where did you get those grades? I'll ask you. I don't know. Where did I, you... I got it from an Eagle website. It, well, okay. So maybe it was that Eagles website. I don't even know who put it together. Do you, do you think? Do you think they're lying about the the, the actual grade that is? No, I'm not. Say, no, I, come on. I'm you, trying you to figure to, out the point you're trying to make, John. You're, they they took the the grades, like Milton Williams got a sixty nine point seven, and they put them in order, no matter position. I'm saying what they try to do, the more important part of what they try to do is grade the players at their particular position and grade the players at their particular jobs. So all I'm trying to say is it's easier for defensive linemen to get higher grades than it is for cornerbacks, as one example. Not the only example, as one example. Because cornerbacks, to be honest, in the modern NFL, have more difficult jobs than defensive linemen. And they get exposed more than defensive linemen. Uh, and there are great cornerbacks, and there are a lot of bad cornerbacks who um, get exposed on a daily basis. It's just a really, really, really difficult job uh, in the modern NFL. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know who put together that list. I'm saying... If you go on the PFF site, they don't have it listed like that. They don't have the players, and or you can sort it that they way. Don't, they don't have they don't have an eagle website where you can see all the eagle. No, you can one. sort. Yes, you can sort it. Well, then any they do way have one. Uh, all right, I I tried to explain it. If you're not going to listen, I can't explain it. I mean that that's not the goal of 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 PFF to put players in order, to put players. Uh, you know, quarterbacks in order with um, wide receivers and wide receivers in order with tight ends and, and offensive linemen. That's not that's not how they do it. Now, other people will take it and it'll be Eagle sites and and Bear sites and, and Charger sites and Ram sites and they'll grab the grades and they'll put them in order. And that's fine. But I'm saying that's not how they do it. That's not how they do it. They'll have the quarterbacks. Now they'll do that, and they'll grade the quarterbacks, and they'll grade the running backs, and they'll grade the, the fullbacks and the tight ends and the offensive tackles and the offensive guards. They're grading them in the position, and, they're, and, and they put a number on it. Like Jalen Hurts was number six, which I think is a little bit too high. But 
Um, they, you know, I put them in the 10 or 11. I, anybody can do whatever they want to do if they pay for the, the service and they put guys in order. And that's fine. I'm just trying to explain it. Right. And where you and I diverse is, I think there's a value to looking at the Philadelphia Eagles as a group. You're saying, no, you must stay regimented. And I didn't only say look- you must do anything. I'm saying that's not how, how they do it. Somebody else compiled the grades of everybody regardless of position. They can do whatever they want. I'm saying it, that that's not what they try to do. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You can believe me or not believe me. Oh, I, I believe you, John. I'm just saying if they give you the ability to do it just by clicking and you can get all the Philadelphia Eagles grades in order, they acknowledge that there's a value to that, to look at the Philadelphia Eagles as a team and their grades. If they didn't, they wouldn't give you the ability to click on it and just be able to get the Eagle grades. It's just a sortable spreadsheet. Any spreadsheet in the world, you can click on any column and 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 do it by that. And and overall grade is one of the columns. You can also do it by snap number. But what they do, uh, uh, it, it and you AJ Brown's number one, right? Mm-hmm. So if you sort it by that, and I got it right in front of me, uh, 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 to the left of his name is the more important number, which is eight of one twenty eight in receiver. That always comes up first always no matter what column on the spreadsheet you sort that always comes up jalen hurts six of 42 jordan mylana three of 84 lane johnson 10 of 84 jason kelsey four of 37 dallas goddard 11 of 73 Devonte smith 40 of 128 landon dickerson 16 of 81 you can sort by pass block by run block by number of snaps, by pass snaps, by run snaps, by receiving snaps, pass blocking, run blocking. You can sort by age. It's a spreadsheet. I get That's that. That's all, all right. it is. Well, he is and, and Hunter's been patiently waiting. We're going to get to him in a second. Who are the eight ahead of A.J. Brown? Uh, receivers? Yeah, you just said he's eighth of 120-something. So yeah. who are the eight who are ahead of A.J. Brown? Since you got the spreadsheet there and you know how to click, Please click and tell me who Tyree Kill is. Tyree Kill is number one. Brandon Ayuk is number two. CD Lamb. Wait, is get, get Gill back on the line. He wasn't giving Brandon Ayuk his props. PFF's got him the second best wide receiver in the league. He's had a phenomenal season. CD Lamb is number three. Justin Jefferson is number four. Nico Collins, who had a tremendous season, is number five. Better than AJ Brown? He's had a very good season. I, I no, I would, I put AJ ahead. Jalen Waddle six, Amon Ross, St. Brown is seven. AJ's eight. Yeah, a all of them are that. very, very. All good. of them are very good, but again, there's a reason why there's a number next to the name. You're putting them in an order, and that's the McMullen preference. Stick within position. I disagree with the A.J. Brown number. He's better than eight for me. Sorry, PFF. I disagree with you. There's, there's a couple guys, Hill being one of them. Uh, I hate to say this, Eagle fans, but C.D. Lamb being another, and maybe even Armand Ross St. Brown. He's had a phenomenal – you talk about under the radar. He has had a phenomenal year. The fact that he didn't make a Pro Bowl is laughable. 
but he's no, I'm sorry, no worse than the fourth best receiver in the NFL this year. I, well, I would, I would say this about Justin Jefferson. I see Hunter's, uh, Hunter's enjoying. Justin played four games at the start of the season, four games at the end of the season. He went over a thousand yards. He led the NFL in the first four games. He led the NFL in the last four games. He didn't play a lot this season because he got hurt, but he's still the best receiver in football. He's the most talented, might be the most talented receiver. I, I'm a results-oriented guy, and your biggest stability is your availability. If you miss half a season, I'm sorry. You're not making top 10 on my and list. Still, and he still cracked 1,000. Uh, and AJ cracked 1,400. All right, he's McBall, and I'm McDonald. Yes, we thank Carter Brody for not only joining the show, but being patient while we got to him. He's next on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Magamac. John McPaul and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. There he is, the Broads man at a Broads Media and now hosting regularly on WIP these days. Glad to get Hunter Brody into the mix with us again here on Birds 365. All right, Hunter, I'm going to start at the end and work backward. <clears throat> Eagles lose the game. Percentage chance Nick Sirianni is fired. What does a win or a loss in this game do to percentage chance the Nick Sirianni is told after three years in a row making the playoffs? Sorry, not good enough. The collapse is just up. We can't get over. Yeah, it's it's a good question, honestly. And it shouldn't take one. Here's the problem, right? I don't think it should be a one game makes the difference. Either you like the guy to move forward or you don't. But because there's been such a collapse, I think you can reasonably make that kind of a discussion happened. So if it continues down the path that we saw against Arizona and it looks just as bad as it did against the New York Giants on this final game, uh, I, I think it's 50-50. I truly do. I think it's 50-50. We've seen it before. And I almost wonder because there's plenty of different ways a, a football team can lose. But it really does seem like there's a big disconnect between the head coach and the players. And there's a lot of veteran leadership in this group, right? Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. For it to even go through them, and now it's just out of whack to this level, you must really be losing the room. We heard from Jay Glazer an hour before the 1 o'clock kickoff that A.J. Brown had a Week 18 players-only meeting to say it's time to start believing in the coach. So it's it's so much deeper than just losing a football game. And when it gets to that point, once you lose respect from the squad, can you get it back? I don't know. So I say it's a coin flip if it trends in the same direction, which is crazy, by the way. I want to make sure that's known. That's crazy. But I do think it's real. Yeah. They all they went to the escape room. I think the uh I think the team meeting was in the escape room. But I don't know if they were trying to escape from Nick Sirianni, Hunter. Um, Ooh, that's not yeah. good. That's yeah. not good. 50 50. If, if they fired Nick Sirianni, and by the way, if they played like they did against the New York Giants, maybe they should fire Nick Sirianni. But that's what Hunter said. Um, but I think it's kind of baked in they're not going to play like that because remember, a bunch of guys didn't play, a bunch of guys they pulled early. Sure. Um, and you're going to have a bunch of guys back that they were playing cautious with. So bad decisions all around. Um, but let's say they play that poorly and they fire Nick Sirianni. What does that say about Jeffrey Lurie? Huh. That's a good question as well. See, so we know we're like a knee jerk reaction city, right? But I don't think that this would be a knee jerk reaction. I think you can seriously legitimately make honest reasons (laughs) and and logical decisions uh, when it comes to, or just, all right, I'll restart here. I'm all flustered. I got Connor Gauthier, all right, in the fly. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm going to get to the J.D. Drew. <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah. But my point is, I really do believe that you can make the case and make it make sense to let this guy go. And Jeffrey Lurie is a smart man. So what's it say? That he's willing to 
uh, to move quickly? Yeah, I guess. I, I can't automatically say I think it's wrong because I think Nick is falling apart and collapsing in front of our eyes. I don't think it would be a horrendous decision, even though it is crazy. It is crazy because he is making playoffs three straight years in a row, but he's collapsing. This thing is real. This is no joke. This is a historic level collapse, and his team's identity makes no sense. The offense is crap. There's so much happening here. It would be a quick decision, but I don't know if it would say that he's a he's a bad owner or a quick reactionary. I don't know, but I think it's legit that you could fire the guy. I'm very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable right now. By the way, this is why I love – I'm sorry, Jody. This is why yeah. I love Hunter Brody because he got legit and crazy in the same explanation. Of course. Right. Of here's, course. Here's where we're at with uh, Sirianni. There's the truth, there's lies, and there's damn lies. And we know that Nick has jumped into the lies category this year. It's sorry you got caught, Nick. We know you've lied because the word came out that Matt Patricia was going to be the defensive coordinator, and you still hoisted your boy up, Jordan Desai, and made him talk to the media after you had already told him, guess it, as of next week, you're not calling the plays anymore. So we don't, don't always know about the truth and the lies, like, do the Flyers really not know why Cutter Godier uh, isn't a Philadelphia Flyer? We're supposed to believe that, huh? So people lie. I don't know as to how the decision to strip uh, the side came down. We're led to believe, because he says it, that it was all Nick Sirianni's idea, that he made the call. Yeah, he ran it by Jeffrey, and but he brought it to them. And he decided this was, you talk about overreaction and knee-jerk was the word you used. There's no more knee-jerk than stripping a guy when the team is is 10-3 and three with his defensive uh, responsibility. So if that was Nick and Jeff and Howie kind of threw their hands up and said, let's your team, if you really want to do this, go ahead, coach. I think that weighs heavily on his being fired. If. Jeff and Howie went to Nick and said, our defense stinks. And I know we all collaboratively thought that <clears throat> I brought the sign into the building. Howie says, Nick said, yeah, I green lighted him. But we're all in agreement. We're not doing the job defensively. Something's got to change. If that's the case, if it was something that was initiated from above, I think that gives Sirianni more leeway and lets him keep his job even if they lose. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I can't believe that it was Nick. I just can't. That really goes against Nick because at that point, don't you feel that the offensive coordinator would have changed as well? He seems to be a, I'm going to stick to my guns guy. I believe in my guys. No, there's no change in play calling. No, there's no change anywhere around me. That's he the message in the he said. But he changed it. He I know. I know. So I, I have to believe, and we know how this works. There's no way Nick Sirianni has all the power here. Howie Roseman That's and Jeffrey true. Lurie were the ones to make that call. And um, <laughs> look, if it's anybody else, that's a fireable offense. This thing got worse. It got worse. Matt Patricia is worse than Sean Desai. Yep. This man is getting yeah. torched by Kyler Murray, getting torched by Tyrod Taylor. I'm sure you're going to have a rebuttal in about five seconds, but the first play of the game, here's Hassan Reddick dropping back, middle of the field's wide open. It's a disaster. Whoever made that call, and I'm a Howie Roseman fan, all right? I'm a Howie Roseman, but there's no way you can put Sean Desai out there. Or excuse me, Matt Patricia, I told yeah. you, my mind's not working. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'm going back to decide. But if I'm decide, 
I'm flipping you the middle finger on my way out. I ain't doing that. No way am yeah. I doing that. So I think it was Howie. But you're right. It probably does give Sirianni a little leash. I apologize for this hit, by the way. I don't know what oh, we're by, doing. I, 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 I don't love know it. what we're doing. I love it. Okay. Um, now, I'll tell you why none of it matters, though, Hunter. If you listen to Chad Ochocinco, oh, the Eagles are playing yeah. possum. Yes. Um, Dallas Goddard kind of mentioned that as well. Well, we're just waiting for the playoffs. That's crazy. Uh, are they going to – is the light switch coming on? Are no. we going to see – the 1985 Bears in Tampa Bay on Monday night. No, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, oh, my God. Could you imagine if they were seriously playing possum? And this is why I go back to Nick Sirianni. By the way, I did a recent show on Broge Media, and the title was The Ultimate Flip-Flopper. One day I wake up and I go, Nick deserves time. The next day I wake up and I go, eh, I don't know, man. This guy's a clown. So I am the ultimate flip-flopper. You caught me on a day where I can't stand the man. So <laughs> let's have fun with it. But I just I, – I cannot think – that they're just going to automatically flip everything around. And, um, you know, to that point, a head coach, if you're satisfied at 10 and one that you're already in, you have a number one NFC seed to try and go get. Do you know how much easier it is to win a Super Bowl when you get a bye, you get to play at home? All of that is still fair and in play. And if you let your team take the foot off the gas, that's poor coaching. That is poor coaching, and that goes even farther than the X's and the O's and the strategy. That is a, a correlation between the guy who's at the top, who's trying to keep the room together, and why we're seeing a disaster. He isn't keeping them in the mental spot week by week. If you're just going to let the team go, well, we're already in. That's horrible. You're already in. You can't already in this thing. So if that is true, and I don't think it's true because they're pressing. So to me, it's almost the opposite. I'm watching a guy, let's say you're a baseball, uh, you're a hitter, right? And you're O for your last 53 and you're a home run hitter. You're grabbing the stick too tightly trying to hit bombs and you're striking out with sliders five feet off the plate like Castellanos. That's what you're doing up there. So I don't see them as laid back and relaxed. I see them as trying to figure this out and putting so much pressure on themselves. They're tense. You know, they're, they're very, ah. Uh, and that's sort of what I see. So I don't even believe Goddard. He's just spewing vomit. Well, and I think Ocho Cinco, they're playing possum. When did Ocho Cinco become such a Philly guy? I know. He, he's all over. He loves Philly. He, for yeah. some reason, I don't remember him. Didn't he play for like 20 teams after he left Cincinnati? He just kept trying he and trying to and Philly trying one and day trying. And he liked it. And uh, yeah, he, he talks about he, it all the time. Now. Takes defense of the team. I'm not sure I get it. And or we can't give him a free pass. We love him. But Brandon Graham trying to play the underdog card this week. Oh, really? yeah. Oh, back I wrote, there again, you. Brandon. I wrote about that. He's playing the hits, man. Playing the hits. I expected that to come. Nobody believes in us, Hunter. Nobody. Nobody believes. Back against the wall. Break out the underdog man. Oh, by the way, they're favorites. Don't ignore <laughs> that part of it. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, break them out. Break out the underdog where, uh, what is that, Kelsey's? Uh, is that Kelsey's or Lane's? I forget who runs it. Um, yeah, I knew they were playing that card. That's I'm the angry. only card they got this organization. Exactly. And that's why I'm angry. Why can't we be top dogs? Is it too much to ask to have the target on your back and actually have a response? Now, at the end of the day, if they go win a Super Bowl this year, won't happen. But if they did, and they did it with the underdog card, I'll take it. All right, hey, I'll take it. But I'm just saying, 
I want to be the top squad and I want to go out there. It was the same thing with Doug. It was, all right, they won the Super Bowl or they went to the playoffs, whatever. The next year, they're four and seven and then they're nine and seven or five and seven and then they rally. Why has it always got to be the rally? Now that we're on the other end, though, I almost wish we had that back. So how about that, right? Because the Rams started out slow. Now no one wants to see them. And there's other teams and it's like, hey, nobody wants to see them because they're playing their best football right now. I guess I was an asshole back then because I'd sign up for that right now this second. Uh, but I just I want to be the top dog and just be able to do it. I yeah. hate the fact that you got to lose and, and dig yourself 17 feet under the ground before you have any sort of urgency. Once again, what's that say about Nick? Nick, the entire team. Uh, I'm not just going to lay it all on Nick's door. Sure, but, sure. Uh, I agree uh, with that. Dallas Geider was the guy who said it. Nick didn't say it. Uh, yeah. But we, I'm we, norm- we by can- the way, I just want to be clear. I'm normally... 90% of the time, like players are at fault. I, I, I tend to lean that way always, yeah. but there's, there's clearly something wrong here from, from a coaching level too. So I am targeting that more than I normally do, but this is an example of what it would have to look like for me to do that. And I don't think that's unfair. I think this is sort of sitting in that category of you have to analyze what the coaching staff is selling, right? All right. Key element of the game on Monday night. I know I believe it. I'm pretty sure John believes it the ability of the Eagles to handle or not handle the blitz. They've been awful at it of late. They've been pretty bad at it all year long, but just like with the team, it's magnified because they're uh, just spiraling right now. If they're not going to be dragged down by it and you know Tampa can bring it because they know the Eagles are struggling against it and they're pretty good at doing it, so it's going to happen on Monday night. How do they avoid getting blitzed to death? Coaching, speaking, playing, Jalen. H- how do they get past? Oh, spit. The, they're going to blitz the you-know-what out of us just the way the Giants did, and Jalen didn't make the plays or create the plays or whatever. How are they going to beat the Tampa Blitz on Monday, Connor? It's all the above. I think everybody has to have their hands in the cookie jar here. It starts with the week before. I'm going to sound cliche as hell. starts with the week before. You got to have your coaching staff all week long win the battle. So can Nick Sirianni beat Todd Bowles when it comes to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way through Monday? You need him to win that one-on-one matchup and, you know, getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball with your playmakers, setting up good protection. And it's on Jalen, too, to recognize that times. See, the Giants, and this goes back to the possum thing. Did they not want to show anything on yeah. tape because they knew that the Tampa well, there Bay there it is. You hit it. Yeah, they're playing like, possum. If, they're going to show up and no, they're going to see the No, no, no. Sorry, know. Dad, you're freaking wrong. Uh, if I they agree. were playing possum. You know how you play possum? Jalen Hurts in a tracksuit on the sideline. He never sees anywhere near the field. If you're, oh, my God, we can't show anything. Yeah, then you don't even show um, Jalen's home. He's not a, a required to get on the bus and go up the dirt bike. 3D they chess, tried to baby. win. Not only one week, they've been doing it for six weeks, playing possum. They can't handle the blitz. They knew they'd have Todd Bowles in uh, week one of the playoffs. <laughs> I don't think they have the answers for it. I really don't, which is absurd. Uh, they should be able to have the answers for it, though. That's what the problem is. Is You look at this team, you're telling me they can't. And by the way, what New York did, what Wink did, isn't that the most obvious thing in the world? That's why it's even more frustrating. Like, what did you think they were going to do? What did you think they were going to do? And you just sat there and took it. I I, I can't wrap my head around it. What were they yeah. thinking? So, you know, it, it's a combination of it all. 
They should be able to have the answers, will they? Well, that tells me if they have the answers, then Nick Sirianni has a job. They don't have the answers, then Nick Sirianni loses his job. All right, what? Uh, all right, that my last one for you, Broads, and that Broads eighty one, um, Broads Media, as you mentioned, WIP does a tremendous job there. Let's say he wins, he beats Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay stinks. Let's ah, be honest. Good point. Um. And then they go into San Francisco, most likely, and they play okay. But San Francisco is the best team in football. They lose 28 to 20, something like that. It's not embarrassing. Um, representative effort. Is he back? Not back. Yeah, I think he's back. If you if you go in and go toe-to-toe with, let's say, San Fran on the road after winning a playoff game, I think you're back. Now, this is where I have a problem with this first playoff game, though. Because if you remember last year, the Giants beat Minnesota. Yeah. Right, little, hey, here we go. Nice. Good job. Fool's they were gold, right- as I called it, the moment it happened. Fool's gold, right. Hunter. Then you go to the link and you play a real playoff. That's when the playoffs start. The divisional round, essentially, is my point. So if you if, if it's the opposite, just to play the other side of it, and they do beat Tampa Bay, then they go on the road and lose to the 49ers and look like they're in a whole separate tier, then you're the New York Giants. And then if you're Nick Sirianni, or excuse me, if you're Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman thinking about Nick Sirianni, you got to ask the question, is last year's version of the New York Giants what you're supposed to be? And the answer is obviously no. So you can't be fooled by this first game. It comes down to that second. If it is a toe-to-toe matchup on the road with the 49ers, extremely disappointed. We're having a long talk about who your OC and your DC is. This can't be a I want a micro thing. But here's another angle that I don't know if we're really being, uh, that's being discussed right now. Maybe you guys have. Jalen got paid a lot of money. Jalen loves Brian Johnson. What is what is that like behind closure? Does he go, I, I want Brian Johnson. I want to work with Brian Johnson. I want him back. Or is he in the passenger seat recognizing that it wasn't strong enough and maybe that wasn't clicking the way he wanted to? But how much power, when you look at who's calling the plays, falls on on those two and them wanting to still have that connection or is that the quarterback a little, does have much? some power now there's no question yeah, with that contract but, but, power. but how much have we seen rock the boat jalen what has he rocked the boat on since he got here nothing nothing, nothing. zero nothing. so why would you speculate that oh he's going to go to bat for brian because Johnson. because i dare work, take away i work at wip now I work at WIP. That's why I speculated. Okay. Uh, I learned just, from everybody else that I tuned I'm, into all my I, life. I, like I Jody also, Mack. I also work at WIP, and I'll point out the fact that he's never rocked the boat. And if he's going to start. <laughs> all right. Well, boat, about before, be before, we, before we say uh, goodbye to Hunter, I got to hear uh, J.D. Drew hockey. Go. Go. <laughs> Dude, now, what, what the hell? What the hell is that? If, if everything that's being reported is true, right? And now we get his representation. I'm listening to TSN. That's how psycho I am. I'm going to Sportsnet up in Canada and I'm listening to their hits. All right. Apparently his representation is going to speak soon. But if it's true and it, it had to do with everything with the pass regime, this is what I'm hearing. He didn't like that the flyer said, go back to Boston College for a second year. He thought it was time for him to go pro after his freshman year. And he's a great player. I mean, great. The kid's going to be a stud, a phenomenal weapon. But it's not like in his sophomore year at Boston College right now, he's 
He's got 70 more points than the next guy. He's great in NCAA, but he's at the top with like the top 10, top 15 guys. You're in the mix with them. You're a player who's eventually going to turn pro after a second year in college. But I guess he thought his balls were so big saying this is my time. But you know what we're dealing with now? And we're seeing it around the league with some of these young kids. What we've seen in other leagues is now starting to hit hockey. Like guys in Toronto, I want my money. I want 12 mil, 13 mil a year. It's hitting this sport now. And we're kind of seeing the entitlement of these younger kids, Boy, NIL man. deals, this and that. Oh, it, my God. And, and, yeah, this that is where kid, we're at. That kid from Nevada, I think the Nevada quarterback uh, went in the portal. He he agreed to go to Georgia. And 12 hours later, he changed to SC. 12 hours. He That's couldn't crazy. make up his mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So it. I mean, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. And what they got back in return is fair. I think Danny Briere and Jonesy saying pretty much, if you don't want to be here, get out. They're trying to make that logo mean something again. And uh, that's fair. I mean, you definitely, you, you, you got hit hard with the talent thing. The player they got in return, I think, is very solid. But the ceiling of Cutter Gauthier is significantly higher. But you still got a solid piece. Um, and he was supposed to turn around the franchise. So, if, Ooh, if this was just right. like a screw you and flipping them off thing, uh, wow, wow. Here's, I'm still trying to figure it out. To here's question. where I can't buy where the Flyers are coming from. If you're right, and I'm hearing the same things, other than my buddy Sam Filippo, who's putting it all on Brian Hayes. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. the guy who talked about it, wanting to be a Flyer. That if there was some disagreement as to how his contract should be settled and how quickly he can get to the NHL, they just traded for a guy who was in the NHL at age 18. So if you think there's steps that players need to go through to be prepared to get ready for the NHL, they just said, yeah, give us a kid that they they, they bum-rushed into the NHL at 18 years old. Oh, yeah. the, def the defenseman you're talking yeah, about? He yeah, he was 18. He was in the NHL at age 18. Yeah, and as a defenseman, too. that's Normally, they take longer to develop. Yes. And, all and, and yeah, for sure. So this whole thing's fascinating. I, I do like the way though that the Flyers were were very quiet. No one knew about this, and we know how he likes to. Do we'll tie you here real quick before we end it. How he likes to do his little leaks. There's leaks outside this Eagles organization at will. The Flyers kept this thing pretty tight in house. Yeah, they did. That's they a did. good. That's oh, a good yeah, sign. By the way, my dogs are going crazy. I don't All know. Right, go take the dogs out, bro. I gotta feed the baby too. I gotta feed the baby and walk the dogs. Oh man, this is sickening. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe think about shaving just a little bit. You think, no, yeah. you think I look like Abraham no. Lincoln, do you? Yeah, That's what Sirianni hasn't shaved. He's could, aging I, like a president. Do though. not he's tell me that good. I look like that. No. Sirianni looks like he's been in jail for 19 years. Yeah. yeah. Hunter, it's called a mirror. Take a peek, big guy. Shit. All got, right, I got to go. You got, you got to clean up a little bit, buddy. Thanks, Hunter. Hunter Brody. Uh, Hunter's great. Brody's media. Hunter, Hunter's great. Yeah, I was talking about Jade. It's Jaden, my my my. My Abba, the UNLV quarterback, had a great year for, you know, whatever division that is now. I can't keep up. Um, he transferred to Georgia for about 12 hours, and then he flipped to uh, Southern California. I, 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 boy, this generation is something else, man. Oof. But can't make again. a decision for 12 hours. And somebody comes up with a bigger check and bang. You're not in until you're in. Uh, the, there's transitory nature to college sports these days. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We got to come back. We need to put a bow on this show.
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Welcome back here with you on Birds 365. We'll get out of the way and let you get your power hour coming up with Bill Colarulo next here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, John, I know we ran long. Hunter's great. He, he's nuts. Gotta love the, the energy. I, I, I love Hunter. I love Hunter. I he's, love it. He's unhinged he, and I love it. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, and we did Eagles throughout the show, so I'm not really fretting much that I just want to ask you one Overall NFL question, and I appreciate your NFL opinion. I think you got a good grasp on the league. How the hell can the Denver Broncos even begin to think about revisiting Russell Wilson as their quarterback? How do you go through the steps that they went through to replace him, to tell him he's not part of the future, to go to Jared Stidham to jumpstart the offense? And of course, it doesn't work. But then come out, now again, leaks. Hunter talked about the leaking. Leaking is great. It's one of the all time best things about sports. Somebody's leaking something that the Broncos are at least open minded to bringing Russell Wilson back. How do you spit in a guy's eye like that? Poke him. Forget no, about spitting. You I, poked I, him I, in the eye. Yeah. You did a Three Stooges and went both fingers into his eye. How do you do that and then go, Oh yeah, let's just forget that ever happened. That we need you back as our quarterback. Did they did they get out a different calculator to figure out the money and go? Oh, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be bad. I think it's just you know, George uh, uh, Payton spoke yesterday. Sean uh, Payton, their GM. Um, I, I think this is optionality season to use the Sam Hankyism. I think that's just George trying to keep 
every available avenue open. They're not. It's just, in other words, it's just speak. It's off-season speak. They're going to move on, but they're going to try to do something. They're going to find out they can't do something, and they're going to come to agreement. But, yeah, I, I think I don't think it's anything more oh, than that. Because, because they say they're going to keep them. A team is really going to be stupid enough to go, yeah, let's trade. No, I, and I don't. I don't think that, but that's what GMs do. No, he's insulting. Wanna... He's insulting his 31 other general managers. What he's doing is what you tell me. He's, he's, he's playing the game. You play the game. All right. And, who would be, uh, uh, and we'll get a McMullen opinion here. Who's the GM who, uh, of the 31 others who couldn't see through that facade? The reason why you play the game is there's always one dummy in the crowd. You All right. Know. Who's the fish? Who's the fish? Who's the general I, manager I, I, fish? I, I, the, well, we got a whole bunch of openings, so you can't even go there. There's a lot of quarterback desperate teams, but you have to see how things shake out and, and which way they're going to go. Are they in a position to get somebody in the draft? But there's a lot, as there always is, there's a lot of quarterback desperate teams. So you sort of wait it out. You play the game. You see if somebody panics. Remember, I go all the way back to uh, Howie Roseman taking advantage of Rick Spielman. It took all the way till an injury and training camp, and he's pounced. Howie pounced and took advantage of a desperate, panicking GM. That's That's why they keep the doors open. But yeah, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, but now, you know, real quick, we got two minutes. Uh, no, we got nothing. Damo just tweeted out the Jalen Hurts. As we started the show with this, I want to end it with this. Uh, Jalen Hurts' pass numbers versus the Blitz compared to some other top quarterbacks. Purdy, your guy is number one, one hundred twenty-three point three passer rating, fifteen touchdowns, three interceptions. Dak one ten point two, twelve and three. Stroud one hundred six point nine, nine and two. Mahomes 101.57 and 2, Lamar 100.4, all over 108 and 2. Jalen Hurts 80.5, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um uh, you can you can yell at us all we want. Coaching's part of it, no doubt. Start looking at the quarterback as well. He's part of it. Yeah, and I think both you and Hunter smiled because you had to realize my statement of Brock Purdy's better than Jalen Hurts this year. You had to kind of. Uh, hey, that's you, Jody. You, know, you can only go so far with it's the system. No, he picks up blitzes. He gets the football out of his hands. He gets targets in movement as they go. He had a very good season. Not the MVP. That's Lamar Jackson. But he will be the runner-up. All right, we got to go. We're out of time. We're over again. Thank you for tuning in to Birds 365. Hit the like button on your way out. Bill Calarulo and his Power Hour up next here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.